We are to have the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. And you see, if I let my flesh go, if I let my worries happen, I let all this stuff go, it's going to cause trouble in relationships. We weren't called to trouble in the body of Christ. We weren't called to conflict. God didn't save you unto conflict. He saved you unto peace. Thanks for joining us for this Monday edition of Equipping the Saints, featuring the Bible teaching of Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. Greg, the topic of peace is one that should be of great interest to those listening. Yes, it is, Dave, and today we're going to finish our look at a passage in which God tells us that we are to let the peace of Christ rule our hearts. And it's here we're going to see how we believers can have peace Well, let's turn to Colossians chapter 3, and we're looking at verse 15. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, if you want to listen to today's broadcast again, just download our new free app from the Apple App Store. You'll find today's broadcast, archived broadcasts, as well as more about this ministry and our teacher, Pastor Greg Lundstedt. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. Notice this, how it's together. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance the things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. Who's he leaving? He's leaving the Holy Spirit. The peace comes through the person of God himself, the Spirit, working in the heart of the believer who is yielded and not sinning and trusting Christ. He uses his Spirit through the Word to give us peace. Indeed, we see that. What does Romans 8, 6 say? I'll read it for you. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. When I set my mind on the things of the spirit through the word of God, rather than my perceptions and everything's happening, I'm going to have peace. I'm going to have his peace, you see. Later on in Romans chapter 14, when he is exhorting the weaker in the faith and the stronger in the faith, exhorting both of them, He says in Romans 14, For the kingdom of God, verse 17, is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God brings forth the peace of God in the yielded life of the believer who is obeying and trusting the God of the Word, right? We see that. Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this peace is not disconnected from the Word of God. We already saw that he would bring to remembrance through his Spirit the things he has said, God's Word. And then a little later in John 16, Jesus says in verse 33, These things I have spoken to you that you may have peace. I've spoken the things to you that you may have peace. He says, in the world you'll have tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. God's word by the Spirit gives us peace. What about Proverbs? Proverbs chapter 3, you can turn there. It's through the wisdom of God, which is revealed in the word of God. Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and what? Peace they will add. That's God's word. By the Spirit of God will add peace. 
you know, people go to counselors because of the lack of peace. They go to counselors because of all the problems. Why don't the counselors share the word of God? Share the truth from the wonderful counselor. And we need to come alongside us. We'll see admonishing and teaching and caring for others when they are caught up to graciously, gently point them to the God of peace, that his peace would rule their hearts, that they could see where their mind thinking isn't right, and they would turn and trust the Lord and have peace, right? We're to be peacemakers. Happens in all different ways. You think of peacemakers as simply those who make peace between parties. That's true. But we are those who can bring forth the truth concerning the peace of God in the life of one who knows the Lord. Proverbs 3.13, a little farther down. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Context is God's word. And the man who gains understanding for its profit is better than silver and gain than fine gold. Verse 15, she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares to her. Verse 16, long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Verse 17, her ways are pleasant and all her paths are peace. The word of God by the spirit of God and the true believer brings God's peace. God wants you to have peace in every circumstance, but it doesn't happen out of thin air. You've got to be walking by the Spirit. You've got to let the Spirit of God use the Word of God to change your mind, to change your heart about your circumstances, to see it from His perspective. It's a process. It's the renewal of the mind. That's what it's called. And within that, obedience brings peace. Obedience to God's Word. Disobey, sin, no peace. Think about after the Philippians passage about being anxious for nothing. If you go past that, you can look at Philippians 4, verse 8. Obedience brings peace. When we do what God says, there's peace. And that's not a rote doing, but a real doing, okay? Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind only sense. Get your mind on Jesus. Because he's the only thing worthy of praise in what he's done, right? The things you have, look at this. The things you have learned, that's from the word of God, received and heard and seen in me, that's from the apostle Paul, that's the truth. Practice or do these things and the God of peace shall be with you. Obey God's word and you're going to have peace. Be anxious for nothing, you're going to have peace. Obey God's word. I guarantee you when you disobey, peace is gone. What a great God we have. What a wonderful passage. There's different versions. Isaiah 26.3, The steadfast of mind thou will keep in perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. It's focused on Jesus, not upon, Ah, oh, this is happening here. Oh, this is happening here. Oh. Focused on Jesus. You know what he says here? Because he trusts in thee. It's not simply having his word by his spirit, obeying it. There's a faith underneath You're trusting in the Lord Jesus. You will not have his peace if you're not trusting in Jesus. You see, it says in Isaiah 23, 4, the next verse, trust in the Lord forever. For in the God of the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Trust in the Lord. When we allow the Spirit of God to work through the Word of God in our hearts to change and renew our minds, when we believe what God has said and trust in the God who said it, and when we step out in obedience, empowered by Him, led by His Spirit, we have peace. His peace. Now, back to our passage. He says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by let the peace of Christ? We know what the peace of Christ is, don't we? We know how to get it, don't we? Yes, we do. 
just shared that, right? So what does this mean? The term rule spoke of initially of the, 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 the uh, umpire at the games. And they would uh, basically, have, people would do the games, and at the end they would make a judgment based on whether they followed the rules or not. You're disqualified, or you get the prize. They made a judgment. Now this term came to speak of making a decision, deciding between or arbitrating, directing or controlling. Kind of interesting. This is where it gets difficult. So I go, wait a second, Lord, what do you mean here? Because peace from a human perspective is subjective. But from a biblical perspective, it's not. You see, if you let human peace based on your own understanding rule over your heart, you're going to be in big trouble. If you let the peace that comes when you obey Christ allow his word to work in you, that true peace, which believers know that, we know that, you let that be the arbitrator in our hearts. Let it rule in your hearts. You're tempted to get angry. No, let God's peace overrule. Let his peace rule in your heart. Let it be the arbitrator. When you're angry, that's not like his peace. It's not right. Something's wrong there. When we get frustrated, we get worried, we get anxious. That's not God's peace. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Don't let anger and wickedness and other things rule in your heart. Don't let reactions rule in your heart. Don't do it. We as believers are not to get upset when someone says something we don't like. We do sometimes. We've got to confess it. We should let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Let it overrule. You're walking with him. You're seeing it from his perspective. This is a command, by the way. It's not a suggestion. It sounds like a suggestion. Let the peace. No, it's, it's a command. The peace of Christ is to rule in your hearts. When we allow God's peace through the renewed mind by the Spirit of God, trusting in Jesus and obeying His Word, that peace will arbitrate in our hearts and help us make right decisions concerning what is right. Let the peace control you. Don't let it go away through sin. Don't do it. So we can know when we have peace and we don't, don't we? Now there's the faux peace. I know that. That's the faux. But we know the true peace of God. We know when we're yielded to Him. We know when we're believing his word. We know when we're obeying in the midst of things. And that peace that we have, let that rule over. If that was happening, there'd be a lot less conflicts. Now, given here, notice the application here. It's very interesting. I thought this was interesting. It's the obvious application. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And first of all, before I get to that, is it ruling in your hearts? Let it. Let it rule in your hearts. You need to be walking with the Lord and letting his peace rule over. It's an umpire showing you what's right and what's wrong. You see, it's telling you this is the way, not that way. It's arbitrating. It's umpiring. Let the peace of Christ rule and then the obvious application to which indeed you were called in one body. Very interesting statement. To which indeed you were called in one body. Wait a second, how was this talking about? This is the obvious application. You see, we were called into fellowship with his son Jesus, 1 Corinthians 1 9, through the gospel, right? We were called by God to freedom, Galatians 5.13. We were called in one hope of our calling, Ephesians 4 4. We were called unto eternal life, 1 Timothy 6.12. We were called that we might inherit a blessing, 1 Peter 3 9. 
And we were called here for the purpose of allowing his peace to rule our hearts in the context of the body of Christ. We were called to that together. When we were saved, we have peace with God and we have his peace. But we were called to peace within the body of Christ. He says here, to which you were indeed called in one body. That's the body of Christ. You see, we're to have peace with the world, as we'll see as much as you can, but you can't always have peace with the world. Jesus actually said he didn't come to bring peace with the world. He didn't come to have the church have peace with the world. He didn't come to bring the church to have peace with the world. We see this in Matthew chapter 10. Let me read this. Jesus said, and you could turn there right now. We were not saved that we would have peace with the world. We were saved that we'd have peace with one another and those who come to faith in Jesus. It doesn't mean that we're out there being honorary with the world. We should try to be at peace with all men, as we'll see. But we were saved to have peace with one another. Matthew 10, 34. Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. Remember what the angel said in Luke, and peace among men with whom he is well pleased. He says, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And he talks about you got to love him more than them, right? you got to give up your life. When you believe in Jesus, there's an instant dividing line between you and those who don't know him, and there's going to be trouble. But when they come to faith, that trouble is alleviated. You see? It should be, right? We were called to peace within the body of Christ. We were called into a saving relationship, and that brings conflict with the world, but in the body of Christ, it brings peace. Jesus brought peace between saved Jews and saved Gentiles. He is our peace. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're being built up together, right? The primary application of this passage, certainly we want to apply it to ourselves, and yes, we do, is that there should be peace manifest between one another in the body of Christ. Because we should be letting his peace rule, which is going to change the way I treat you, and I treat you, and I treat you when you upset me, or you upset me, or you upset me, or I perceive you did, well, maybe you didn't. Whatever it is. You see, this is the hard attitude behind forgiving one another and forbearing, and letting go and loving. There's his peace because his word's controlling you so you don't have to act on it. You trust him as we'll see. You see, concerning everyone were to be at peace. You know, God wants us to have peace, even in the context of relationships. If an unbelieving spouse wants to leave, you're to let him leave, by the way. It's what the Bible says. Otherwise, you're going to have conflict. And Paul says, yet if the unbeliever wants to leave, 1 Corinthians 7, 15, let him leave. The brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if possible, as far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. That's everywhere. It's not saying because they're not saved, you're going to be in conflict with them. There is going to be conflict, but try to be at peace. Right? Hebrews twelve fourteen. pursue peace with all men. And we pursue that peace together with those who call upon the name of the Lord with a pure heart. 2 Timothy 2.22, now flee youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. I don't think we pursue peace enough, to be honest with you. I don't think we pursue it enough in the body of Christ. I don't think we pursue it enough within our relationships of believers. It doesn't mean compromise. It doesn't mean hypocrisy. God's word is not nullified to have peace. Okay? 1 Peter 3.8, to sum it up, let all be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. You were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. 
For let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his tongue from evil, zip some speaking guile, and let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his face is against those who do evil. Seek peace. Now we mess up. You mess up, go seek peace. Get reconciled, right? Right away, don't wait. We are to be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, Ephesians 4.3. And the way that happens is I'm letting his peace rule in my life because I'm spirit-led and spirit-controlled, you see? And I'm not allowing that which is opposite to peace to control me because that will cause a lack of peace in my relationships, right? What did Paul tell Thessalonians in the end of 1 Thessalonians 5.13? Live in peace with one another. That's the body of Christ. Matthew 5.9, blessed are what? peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We are to have the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. And you see, if I let my flesh go, if I let my worries happen, I let all this stuff go, it's going to cause trouble in relationships. We weren't called to trouble in the body of Christ. We weren't called to conflict. God didn't save you unto conflict. He saved you unto peace. And we're not going to have peace unless I let his peace mediate, arbitrate, Control. Now, how do we know if his peace is controlling us? There's some evidences. Notice back in our passage, he says, and be, very interesting. We're going to see thanksgiving in the next verse, but it's really the term grace. And then we're going to see thanksgiving, the same word, in the verse afterwards. A lot of thankfulness around. I believe the connected evidence to allowing his peace to reign in you is thankfulness. You see, when he's in control and you got his peace, oh, what's going to come out of that? Being thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You worked out. Thank you for taking care of this. Thank you. You'll take care of this. Thank you. You've got under control. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right? He's walking in thankfulness. Now, it's interesting. He says, and be thankful. Now, in Greek, there are two different verbs you can use to translate be or to be in a sense. The first one is amy, and it means to be. I am, you are, to be, you know that, right? The second one is ginomai, which speaks of becoming. Okay? Very close, interrelated, crossover. Okay? Our passage here speaks of becoming. The first one, Ginnemite, speaks of the state of being, being something. The second one speaks of the state of becoming something. So you could literally translate this and continually, habitually become thankful. It's like you got to become that, right? Continually, habitually. They've translated it, be thankful because of that constant, continual, habitual attitude. Continually become thankful. Make that what you become. Be thankful. You see, that's going to be an evidence of the Spirit of God working in your heart. If you're thankful, then you probably got His peace on you. If you're thankful, the Spirit of God's working. We know being filled with the Spirit will bring about thankfulness. Ephesians chapter 5, right? Be filled with the Spirit talks about singing and making melody and always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus. A thankful Christian is probably a Christian that's walking with the Lord. You find yourself not thankful, then I bet the peace of... God is kind of slipped away. you got to be thankful for everything. Lord, this is a terrible thing to happen, but I know that you're going to turn it to good. We're not thankful for bad things that they're bad. We thank that God turns it good. Thank you, Lord, that you just exposed my problem, that I wasn't doing what was right here, whatever it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're helping me learn how to be what you want me to be. Thank you, Lord God. We're to be giving thanks in everything. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I don't believe you can have his peace controlling your heart if you're not thankful. 
I don't believe it will be controlling your heart. Indeed, Romans 1, the symptom of unbelief is they didn't give thanks. You see, if you're not thanking God on a continual basis, just it's in your heart. Thank you. It's true. It's genuine. It's not a fake thankfulness. i got to say thank you every time. It's a real genuine thankfulness. See, that's, you know, when God's Word by His Spirit is working on your heart. God's Word is changing you. He's causing you to be like Christ. He's letting you see things right. When you see things rightly, not your way, but His way, all that's left is do is thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Are you a thankful person? Is it part of your daily, hourly, moment-by-moment prayer life? If it isn't, it's an evidence that you're maybe not controlled by the Spirit as much as you should be. Okay? Now, we're not to fool ourselves thinking the peace of Christ is ruling us if we don't have any thankfulness. Right? Because the peace of Christ is connected with the Spirit of God, and if the Spirit of God's working on me, I'm going to be thankful, right? So then, we've seen today, we are commanded to let the peace of Christ rule our hearts. And we are called to it in one body and be thankful. It's the peace of Christ. It's His peace. It comes from God. It is without confusion. It is without worry. It's without fear. It's without trouble. It's His peace. It's not based on circumstance. And it comes when we allow His Word by His Spirit to change our hearts and minds that we would think His way. And when we obey His Word and trust in Him, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee because he trusts in thee. Now that peace that we should have all the time, which he wants to have, let that be the mediator, the judge, the arbiter. So when situations come and you're tempted to act a certain way, that's not according to his peace. Don't do it. That's contrary to being yielded to Christ. Let his peace rule your hearts. And that should be manifest in the body. We should be loving one another. We should be pursuing peace. The context of putting off and putting on the truth of Christ. Well, some of you have never experienced true peace because you're still in your sins. Today's the day of salvation. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins, that you're God who took on human flesh and you rose from the dead. You said whoever will call upon your name will be saved. Lord Jesus, save me. and You'll be saved. You'll have peace with God and you'll have peace in every circumstance you yield to him. Some believers here may have lost peace. Sin has gotten in the way. It's slipped away. You know it's slipped away when you're angry. You know it's slipped away when you're frustrated. You know that's slipped away. Don't let it happen as often. We're being conformed to his image. Yes, we fail. Let his peace rule your hearts and become thankful. Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you, thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org.
org. Greg, in the few moments that we have left today, give me some practical next steps to take. Well, first of all, Dave, I'd just like to ask this question. Is the peace of Christ the standard in which your heart is judged and evaluates life circumstances? Is the peace of Christ ruling your heart? Well, if it's not, there's something in the way, and that something is sin. Maybe you've never come to faith in Jesus Christ. Turn to him. Trust in him for salvation, and you'll be forgiven of your sins, and you'll receive his peace. And secondly, if you're a believer, we need to keep our hearts and minds stayed on the Lord. Remember, he will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee. And as we've seen, it is the Lord of peace who wants to continually grant us peace in every circumstance. So then, as God's word is working in our hearts, as we're confessing sin and trusting in the Lord and allowing his word to permeate our hearts, we will have peace. And it's that peace that we are to have reigning and ruling in our hearts. As we close today's broadcast, here's an important message from our teacher, Greg Lundstedt. Hi, this is Greg Lundstedt, and it is my great privilege to study and teach the Word of God and to share it with you each day on this radio station. And as you listen, I want to ask you this question. Has equipping the saints been a blessing to you? If so, would you prayerfully consider coming alongside us financially? You see, your financial partnership with us is so appreciated. So on behalf of the team here at Equipping the Saints, we want to praise our Lord and thank you for your prayers and financial support. Well, thanks, Greg. Now, to partner with us, call us toll-free, 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. Or if you prefer to send a gift online, our web address is etsradio.org. Well, we hope you make plans to join us again right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. Yeah.